This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, who is ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Today, we're going to talk about the filters in your car. We'll do that between your vehicle repair questions because we everybody wants their car to run well. Nobody wants to have to... Uh, maintenance is so much better than having to fix some problems. And so Allison's going to share with us her information about filters, and she'll also take your car repair questions. So Allison, first off... Um, how many how many types of filters uh, are there in our cars? Well, you have the, the engine air filter. Everyone knows about that one. Um, some people don't know that you have a cabin air filter also on your car. Um, they started doing that in the 2000s, so pretty much all cars have cabin filters now when they realize that, that the air conditioning systems work better with it. Um, you have the engine oil filter, and everyone pretty much is familiar with that one. And the ones that they're not as familiar with would be the fuel filter filter and the transmission filter. So those are the other ones that people kind of forget about and or don't even know exist on their car. So it's five of them total on your car. Now, what about... Do you call, oh gosh, here, here, this is, this is Liz with just a little bit of knowledge that she forgot to write down. What about, was there, was there the, is the PCV valve considered a filter? No, it's a, like a check valve for pressure in your crankcase. And um, basically, as your engine is running, it builds up pressure in there, and it, and it just releases it. But it doesn't actually filter it out. That's why a lot of people add an oil catch can to their PCB system. I have one of my Prius because it was getting, it wasn't filtering the oil out. It was getting into going back into the engine. Um, so I actually added like another filter to my system on my car. And that really benefits all cars. All cars can use that. Um, you just have to empty it out. That's the thing about it. Is I have to empty it out periodically. All right, fancy. So we've got engine filter, cabin filter, oil filter, fuel filter, and transmission filter. All right, before we get into those, let's go ahead and take a call. Michelle, we're so glad that you've called into AutoCorrect from Meridian. Uh, what's your comment or question for our show? Well, I have a 2013 Prius V with 108,500. I've taken good care of it, no trouble, but I'm beginning to worry about how long the hybrid battery is going to last because it's a very expensive replacement. So the question is, is it better to trade in uh, while the car is still running great versus the cost of a new battery? And what can I do to prolong the battery life? Ah, that's a good question. Um, so on the hybrids, the, these days they have the battery where they last like over 500,000 miles sometimes. So I would say keep the car. And whereas it used to be an expensive repair, you may can find a shop that can test the cells individually and only replace them as needed. 
instead of the whole entire battery. So the cells themselves cost about 60 bucks and, you know, labor to check it and, and swap it out. It's really easy to do. Um, I'm actually waiting for my car, the hybrid battery, to act up so I can do it on mine. But at 230-something thousand miles, I haven't had a, a liquor problem out of the hybrid battery system on my car. And it should go a lot longer. The first-generation Priuses had more problems with that. And, um, and instead of replacing the cells, they were replacing the whole entire battery. Uh-huh. And that was like a fifteen hundred to two thousand dollar repair. But so you don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, the chance of you having a problem is very low. So I would say keep that car and run it into the ground. I would say get on a forum for Priuses and see if there's anything that you need to look out for. But the battery is is not one of them. And is there a way to tell if one of the cells is starting to go bad? I mean, will a light come on or will it not work properly? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what'll happen. I think it basically it'll run off the gas engine so you can still drive it, but the check engine light'll come on, okay. I believe. Or uh or a warning signal of some sort's gonna come on your dash that's letting you know it's acting up, your hybrid system's acting up. And if I'm correct, I believe it's a check engine light, like okay. a regular car. And then one last question. Why did, do you know why they stopped making the Prius V? You know, it's a larger one that you can haul more in. Uh, was there a reason? I have no idea. I, I heard that too. I guess the sales were low, I'm, I'm guessing. But on the, I love the Prius V. I'm actually, my, the Prius I have is actually fits me in there with a twin bed. So it, it works for everything that I need it for. But if I had a family, and was hauling around more people and stuff, and I, I would love to have the Prius V. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm, I'm just guessing sales were lower than they expected with them, mm-hmm. so they discontinued it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Michelle. Uh, Allison, how many cells are in a hybrid battery? I think it's 28. Okay. About, All right. About 28 of them. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a lot of cells, and if one of them goes bad, it would be so much easier to just replace one than the, the whole kit and caboodle. One little cell, yep. We're talking about some uh, the filters in your car today, but that's just the topic. We want to take your phone calls every day about what you have questions about going on in your car. You could also send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. All right, Allison, let's talk a little bit more about some of these filters. Let's start with the transmission filter because I'm not really familiar with this one. What does a transmission filter out? What it filters is your transmission fluid and basically it's clutch debris that gets in your fluid. It's a little bit of uh, metal, a little bit of metal from metal parts rubbing together on the planetary gears and whatnot that are in your transmission. And so it filters that out and keeps it where it'll flow freely. Um, so that's that's all that it does. And, and so that's up on your car and your transmission. Is this Some a- of them have an external filter. I actually worked on a truck that had one. It was a a big diesel work truck, and I think it was the Allison transmission had an external filter. Just it looked like an oil filter, which was really neat. So it wasn't inside the transmission, or you, you didn't have to drop a pan to get to it. 
Is this only for uh, automatic car transmissions, or do manual ones have it too? Um, you know, I'm not even sure if manuals do. I don't think they do, though, but okay. automatic definitely does. All right. Um, and so with the transmission filter, how often would someone change that? Is it, I guess, is that in your maintenance schedule, you hope? Well, some transmissions, the filter lasts the life of the car. Um, some of them don't. So it's kind of knowing your manufacturer and the likelihood that you're going to have transmission failures. Um, some manufacturers are, are known to have more failures, and so it does a good job to go ahead and replace the filter. Um, I would say every 50000 when you get in there and you're changing the transmission fluid anyway. And I had a good tip from uh, one of my teachers at Heinz Community College when I went there for automotive. He said a good time to change your fluid and your filters when you first get your car after about 30,000 miles, go ahead and change it and then do it 50,000 after that. And that's because the break-in period of your transmission, it, it goes ahead and not shards off the different metals it's going to shard off and it's... It's going to use up the clutch material as it beds it in a little bit. And so you'll have more debris initially. So you can go ahead and get that out of there and and then just do it every 50,000 miles. You mentioned there was a, a truck that you had worked on that had an external filter. I guess that means it was kind of easier to change. How, how hard is this uh, for someone to change their transmission filter? Mm, it's it's not hard, but it's a little bit technical. You just the main thing about transmission these days is getting the fluid level correct, and so you want to make very sure that you measure how much you take out of the fluid. So you put that back in, and then check the level on it. Which some of them have to be at operating temperature to check the level correctly, and you use a temperature sensor to see if the transmission is at the temperature you need it to be, check the level. Some of them get technical like that. You don't really have to do that as long as you know you put the amount in there that you took out and a little bit extra. But um, so it's kind of difficult maybe that first time, and then the rest of the time it's going to be easy peasy on that. And that's, that's like I said, that's really only if your manufacturer is known to have transmission failures that may can prevent that. I know uh, some, like Toyota, for instance, their transmissions are really, really good. There's been instances where the filters were never changed and the transmissions never had a problem. I've, I've talked to Toyota about it um, at a dealership and, and spoke with them. Uh, some of the filters are a little bit expensive, so... That may kind of price it out where you don't want to worry about it. I know um, I priced a Toyota transmission filter one time, and it was like $75, which was kind of up there, and it was out of budget for the customer. So we didn't replace it. So it can get expensive. It's not like a little oil filter that's only like 8 bucks. It's They can get up there in price. Some of them are cheaper, though. All right. Well, let's take our a call before we go to the break. Let's go to Steve from Past Christian. Steve, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect today. Go ahead. You bet. Good morning. Uh, I want to talk about a filter that I didn't even know existed. It's, I think it's called the cabin air filter. 
Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah I, I have a 2008 Silverado. I got I just turned 150,000 miles. And I have never changed that cabin filter. Uh, can you talk a little bit about are there consequences for not changing it? I mean, is it... Is it something that, uh, you know, because of all the pollen and stuff we get down here, is it something that needs to be changed? Or, uh, you know, everything seems to be, uh, my air conditioner is blowing, my heat blows. Everything seems to be working okay. I just was curious, is that, uh, is that something I need to be looking into? Steve, that is a great question, but hang on. We're going to have Allison answer that after our break. We're going to have more talk about keeping your car safe from particles. We're going to get to that cabin filter question for Steve. Send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. Is your car under recall? We'll have a list of ones that are when we come back. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker. You know, you know Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. If you want even more autocorrect, we truly hope that you find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. Here are the recalls for the week. The 2019 and 2020 Porsche Cayenne dealers will replace the fuel line and quick connector for free. The 2020 Audi Q8 dealers will inspect the transmission oil pipe and replace it if necessary for free. The 2019-2020 Toyota RAV4 RAV4 Hybrid dealers will replace both front lower suspension arms with new ones for free. The 2019-2020 Audi A6 A6 All-Road Q3 Q7 dealers will replace the instrument panels for free. And the 2020-2019 Mitsubishi Outlander Outlander P-H-E-V. Dealers will inspect the right side second row seat belt and replace it as necessary for free. And there are 141,000 Mitsubishi sedans, hatchbacks, and SUVs that dealers will need to inspect the front cross members and there'll be some repairs done for free. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration's website, NH, 
tsa.gov slash recalls and input your very own car's VIN number to see what your very own car needs in the way of help. Allison, before we went to break, Steve called in and wanted to know about the cabin air filter. So what does a cabin air filter filter? So basically all the air that comes into your car from the outside that is for the air conditioning or heating, it filters all that air for you. And um, uh, go ahead. If it gets clogged up, what was that, Liz? Well, uh, h- how do you know if it gets clogged up? How often do you need to change that? Usually you change it about once a year. So about every 15,000 to 20,000 miles, usually that's about when it's ready to be replaced. And um, so what will happen is, is it'll get dirty and nasty and it can have a smell to it. And sometimes when people have a smell that's gotten in their car, sometimes it's just a cabin filter and they can replace it. It'll also create a low volume of air circulation. So if you see that your AC system seems like it's struggling, like the air is not pushing out as far as it should, sometimes it's the cabin air filter has gotten clogged up. I've seen that before and, and definitely heard of it happening a lot. So. It, it can actually make it where it just it's just not blowing very sufficiently. It may be cold or it may be hot, but it's not blowing like it's on the full fan. And is this one that takes a, a degree in automotive science to figure out how to change it? <laughs> um, no, it's super easy. Anyone can do it. Usually you just pop your glove compartment out and it's behind there in a little compartment. Super easy to get to. And for pretty much any car out there, there's a YouTube video about it on how to get it out of there. Um, I've utilized that to open them up, you know, figure out if they need. So every now and again, you may need a Phillips screwdriver, but most of them just pop out these days to make it easy access to get to the cabin air filter. And there is super easy. Anyone can do it. And if you buy it yourself at the auto parts store, it'll run you. 10 to 20 dollars or, or 10 to 30 dollars and you can save a little bit of money on that yeah i cheated i was at a uh, drive-in quick oil change in my son's car when i was visiting him and uh had more money than time or inclination and i said hey you go ahead and change my uh, cabin air filter and i'll watch you do it so that i can do it next time and it was it was super duper easy i you know you the glove box comes out maybe 45 degrees and he just kind of squeezed the sides of it so that it flipped all the way straight down and there that little sucker was and you could just pull it out and pop a new one right back in and what vehicle was that isn't it a honda that he drives no no i have the honda this was a a saturn ion that he drives We're talking about the filters in your car, but that's just between your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Our phone number for you to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two. 
888-345-7464. We've got Bridget, who has called in from Louisiana. Thank you so much for calling into AutoCorrect today. Bridget, uh, what's your comment or question today? Well, we've had a 2002 Traverse Chevrolet repaired, and we had struts put on it. And we, we brought the car home and noted that there was some sort of noise in the left front tire area, we thought. Brought it back to the guy that repaired it. He, brought the, he called us and told us that the part was, um, the assembly was not correct. So I'm, I'm, I'm understanding that, let's see, I'm understanding that a manufacturer could make a different type of, or rather, a different size or, you know, they vary in manufacturers, the assembly kit. So I have to end up paying $70 per strut more. He has to take it off by the right size of, you know, whatever. So I'm like, who's really responsible for this, you know? I'm going to go ahead on because I know the person. I'm going to just pay the money and get it repaired. But I just don't understand. Is that true that different manufacturers make them different in size or however to describe that? Um, that that is true. That that does happen, but it's a little bit rare. Usually, it still fits, even um, if it's not exactly the same. And sometimes the manufacturer will make it better than the original part. Um, sometimes that happens depending on what brand you get, but. Usually what mechanics do and mechanic shops do in that situation is they eat the labor cost mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. They don't charge okay. you again for it. So I kind of mm-hmm. hate hearing that they did that to you and over there in Louisiana. But um, usually well, they eat the to- cost on that. And luckily in, in my line of work, as long as I've been doing this, I haven't had a call back like that where I had to, to eat the labor and do it for free. But mm-hmm. it does happen, and, um, you know, if it did happen with me, I would just eat the cost of the labor because initially you picked, you know, the mechanic picked out the part. I'm assuming you didn't bring him the struts. Right. You br- mm-hmm. and we- Right. Mm-hmm. They they got the part, so they have to warranty mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, sometimes he's, he's the not- manufacturer will warranty the labor on a situation like that um, mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, don't, I feel like they may not should have charged you for that. But mm-hmm. it, if it, is, it, is it working good now? Is it everything fine? Well, we're going to have the job done today. We're going to have the oh, new job okay. done today. Yeah. I'm and the guy so hoping that fixes that- the problem then because it's kind of rare to have a mm-hmm. problem like that. Mm, okay. It either works or it doesn't work, you know, especially on the struts. So there's not really an in-between. So mm, I would mm-hmm. go, uh, yeah, I might want to talk to the manager about that. And tell mm-hmm. him you called into a radio show and spoke to a ASC certified mechanic that has mm-hmm. worked in a auto service uh, position before and you know where we that's what we did there if it, we had a, a part come back that was defective or the wrong part you know we replaced mm-hmm. it without charge without okay, extra okay. charge okay okay thank you guys so much appreciate the show love you guys 
Oh, thank you. Thanks, Bridget. Oh. We appreciate you, too. Uh, Allison, we have an email that we, uh, it's a follow-up email from a last week email. This was, um, this was Bradley, who, remember, he had, he had an expedition, and he was trying to decide if he should keep the expedition or get a Camry. And yes, he uh, says, um, hi, Allison, thank you for answering my question online last week about the expedition versus the Camry. Um, I have decided to take your advice, keep my expedition, and look for a nice used Camry. I see several on Carvana, C-A-R-V-A-N-N-A, and I wanted to ask if you have an opinion about buying a car using, or is it Caravana? Again, thank you for your show. You and Liz are the best. Oh, that's sweet. Um, so Carvana is like an online shopping source I don't like them because you don't really get to negotiate with it I like buying from either an individual uh, a small dealership or a, or a large local dealership all local where I can see the car um, I've heard of people having a little bit of problems with Carvana on getting a car that actually had scratches or something they couldn't see in the pictures and uh you know, if he does that, I would see if he could have a mechanic look at the vehicle and drive it and test drive it before they even worry about sending it on. But the other thing is the pricing. Like I said, usually it's a non-negotiable price situation like CarMax is, and they charge out the wazoo. In fact, we could do a show on that, Liz, on where to buy a car and on some of these places that are just absolute ripoffs. Um, JD by Ryder is one of them who charges just crazy amount for people whose interest may not be, uh, or their financial situation may not be really good and they can't get the interest rate that they need. And they gouge them and they give them no warranties and stuff like this. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of places that operate that way. And I think the, the best thing to do is go to a, a small dealership or a local big dealership, uh, preferably one that's locally owned. And But, um, you know, some of them are corporate owned, some of them are locally owned. We have one here, Hair and Gear Toyota is a family owned dealership, whereas Gray Daniels Ford is a corporation and they don't live here, you know. Um, so I like that you can get in, usually the service is better and the prices are better and you can really negotiate with the dealership versus Carvana and CarMax and which have a non-negotiating policy um so I, I like I like where you get to get in there and kind of hustle and get the price that you want so hopefully Bradley hears this and I like that he, he took my advice that's really cool so the Expedition and the Camry is going to be good cars for him to have Brad, that is Allison's advice. So I hope you were listening. Uh, if not, you can find this. I'll email Brad and remind him he can find it on our webpage or on our podcast. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. 
The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady automatic auto, auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill, and we hope that you have downloaded our app for your smartphone. It's the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click on the support button to make a contribution because, goshy, we really rely on contributions to, you know, purchase our national programming to keep the lights on here thank you thank you thank you thank you for your contributions to mississippi public broadcasting now consumer reports has a list of vehicles that have a record of much worse than average overall reliability based on subscriber responses to their annual auto survey today we're going to caution you about the ford 350 Specifically, the 2006 and the 2007 models have been known to have some engine problems. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it. As a used car, suggests Consumer Reports. Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. And if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams, uh, automotive correspondent out of Indianapolis, has uh, he's a car reviewer, and his reviews this week are on the a lot. I'm sorry, the the uh, 2020 BMW. 840i and he also has a blog about is this a good time to buy a new car and Casey's going to be our guest next week I'm so excited to have him join us um, we have got a couple of calls to get to let's first go to Keith who has called in from Jackson Keith we appreciate for you for calling in to autocorrect today go ahead yes ma'am thanks for taking my call uh, I have a 2007 Honda Accord, and probably about six months ago, I noticed my battery kept going dead. So I purchased a new battery. Then my new battery did the same thing, so I realized, I said, well, it has got to be the alternator. I replaced the alternator, and about a month later, the same thing was happening. So I went to the parts store and got another alternator. And it continues to have the same thing. So I'm trying to get some idea of what it could be. Apparently, it's not the battery or the alternator, but my battery is still running dead um, after so uh, many miles. Can you help? Yeah, I mean, try to. Uh, is it draining overnight? Like when you leave it, you park it for overnight, and you get back in in the morning, and it won't crank up? No, no, that is not the case. Basically, it's when I'm driving it. Oh, while you're driving, it's cutting yeah. out on you? Well, it don't cut out, but I notice my battery light will pop on. And especially if I have the air conditioner on and the radio on, and if I continue to ride for, let's say, about 100 miles, it would actually go dead on me. 
But if I turn the air conditioner off sometime and the radio, you know, I can go a little farther. Huh. Okay. Interesting. And now I'm not really sure what's going on with that. Something is is pulling more power than it should. I would think what you would need is automotive electrical shop, and there's a few in our area that are really good. Okay. But to do a amp test, you know, see okay. how many amps your circuits are pulling and see if mm-hmm. one of them is pulling too many amps then you would check that wiring circuitry within that. So this is something that I would recommend an automotive electrical shop for. And uh, initially that's probably what would have been uh, the best thing to do too when it started acting up um, for those listening. And also you can get a test at any auto parts store that it will test your battery, your alternator and your starter and let okay. you know it, at what condition they're in. But I'm feeling like something in one of your circuits is pulling too many amps, and it could be that it's a wire has rubbed, and it's right. rubbing up against another power wire, and it's just pulling, pulling, and um, pulling too much amps, or it's grounding out when it shouldn't be or something like that. Yeah, that's so, what someone told me. All right, well, thanks so much. Oh, Keith, You're very welcome. We're, we're glad that you've called in. Yeah, Allison, uh, one thing I've learned from you, Allison, is that you're a big believer in before you just start replacing things, test it to see if that's really what the problem is, right? I try to. <laughs> <laughs> try to. That, that's good. Thank you, Keith. We appreciate you very much. Let's go on to the phones and go to Craig from Biloxi. Craig, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect today. Go ahead. Okay, good morning. I have a uh, two-part question about transmission. I wanted to wonder, I was wondering, do today's cars have a lot of transmission troubles? And if a total rebuild is needed, would you go to a local, a chain store, transmission rebuilder, or possibly buy a new one? All right, those are good questions. Um, some manufacturers, and, and Liz and I are very familiar with one manufacturer that just doesn't build a good car. Some of them just really don't. And I'm not going to say that those have a reliable transmissions in them because they're still building cars. And, you know, the ones that are out right now that are new, you know, give them 10 years. Is, is the transmission going to act up on it? You know, multiple times uh, Liz has had on the uh, unreliable list cars that had transmission problems that were late model cars. Um, and they were mostly, and I hate to say it, but they were mostly American manufacturers. Um, which we could get into the history of why American manufacturing is so different than Japanese. And, you know, I'd love to do a show on that one day and get into depth on on that because it's it's one of my favorite topics to talk about cars. But so with that being said, you definitely see less failure in your Japanese-made cars and uh, in some of your German ones. Um, But... You know, you you do want to do some research and see before you buy a vehicle, is this car known to have car problems? And that 
website that we talk about on the show, uh, Liz just mentioned it, it's carcomplaints.com. And it actually has the NHTSA recalls for your car on there. It also says the, all the problem areas that have been reported to the NHTSA. And it also has its own customer review reports on there. So you get a double whammy of information that the government collected data and also the data that carcomplaints.com has collected themselves and it gives really good explanations of what's going on in these problem areas and what people actually had happen and the cost of their repair and that sort of thing. So you can kind of get an idea, does this car have a problem or is this transmission that's in this car a known problem area? Um, so that that's one thing that will help out a lot. And what was your other question? Uh, if you would, if you would need a total rebuild would you go to a local store or uh, a chain store that transmission store or maybe buy a right. new one from that was the second half because um, I, I, tra- I traveled a, a lot oh, go ahead I, I traveled a lot so so if I did like a mom and pop store I, I'd have to travel back through 10 states and, and get the warranty fixed so so i if i had troubles i I had always planned on getting going to a chain store like amco amco yeah i've heard good things about amco um i actually use a local company in jackson area called durabilt that are amazing and they're in downtown but they're a little family-owned one and i trust them um but i did have a a situation years ago I had a awesome sports car that my dad bought me and it and unfortunately it was a sports car that was an automatic and this car was absolutely amazing it was a Nissan V car 300 ZX turbo 85 model um, and it, uh, Newman Paul Newman used to race one and, and that was his favorite car that he raced this is an amazing car but the weak spot was the automatic transmission in it and it went out and I, I was giving it giving it a lot of uh, rough driving to make it go out it took a long time I guarantee you that but it did eventually go out and so we took it to my dad's friend and it never got fixed right so that was my experience with that so I guess it's, it could be possibly a, a hit or a miss kind of thing because I feel like maybe this shop was a little bit too family owned you know what i mean and they weren't backing up their work and i think they did charge us multiple times to go back in and get back in the transmission and it never it never was back right and i ended up trading the car but yeah i I rebuilt one chevrolet transmission and engine and and the transmission was five times harder than the engine yeah, and, and, and <laughs> I will, I will never do another tranny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, they're all still pretty much the same as far as automatic transmissions go, and uh, as far as replacing them and doing the insides on them. But yeah, that's that's interesting. You said it's a little bit more difficult. I I, I was under the impression it was a, about the same, but. Um, but that's my take on that, and I, so I really don't know what to say about that. I mean, I had I've had experience with a mom and pop that were just really amazing. Um, Durabilt and Jackson just did an awesome job, and every time I have a question, they know who I am, 
and you know, they're just super great to deal with. Um, so I guess it's a, a hit or a miss kind of thing. And I like at Amco, they could have just hired someone that said they have experience and you're the first person that they're, you know, they get your car first and, you know, they don't do a good job and, you know, that person gets let go and you're kind of left with a car that doesn't quite run correctly, you know, but, but they, you know, I would definitely talk and this, this may be, this may help people out is to ask specifically about warranties when it comes to these transmissions, because you can still have problem areas. Um, they're, they're a little bit finicky. They're not super easy to work on or everyone would be working on them themselves. That is, like, an interesting, like that is an interesting point that Craig had, though. You know, if you are a homebody and all of your family lives around, um, you know, it's great to, to shop local and stay there local. But if uh, all of your family lives in 10 states away and you go visit somebody different every other month and, you know, you do a lot of traveling, I would think having a, a national chain with a national reputation or at least a national warranty that might that might be a good thing craig thank you so much for calling in we've been discussing filters and taking your car repair questions you can send us your email to our address auto at mpbonline.org hang on arthur from memphis what is in the news i'll tell you in just a bit this is autocorrect on mpb think radio you already know mpb think radio is a direct result of donations from listeners like you but instead of counting the size of your donation in dollars how about axles trucks to motorcycles cars even 18 wheelers your donated vehicle of any size helps fund the programs here on think radio for more information on how to donate your vehicle visit mpbonline.org support hello i'm dr nancy lotridge anderson president of new perspectives a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of money talks For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is AutoCorrect. If you have missed any of our program live, you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Please stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. at Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I am Liz Gill. I am with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. What's in the news? You didn't think we'd go 52 minutes without mentioning COVID, did you? The AAA is predicting the resurgence of um, the American road trip. Now, the CDC, the CDC still recommends that Americans do not travel at at all except for necessary reasons and you know not every place is mississippi lockdown severity 
varies from state to state. Some states still require visitors to self-quarantine for 14 days before going out into public. So please be sure to look up the rules for travel in the states that you're visiting. We have a couple of phone calls today before we end our show. Let's go to Arthur, who is called in from Memphis. Arthur, thank you so much for calling in to AutoCorrect today. Go ahead. Yes, uh, I guess it was a little earlier there. Keith had called in about having problems with uh, his alternator and battery. Yeah, uh, yeah. 2007 Honda. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said it seems to, uh, battery needs, uh, goes dead while he's driving it when he's running his air conditioner. Uh-huh. And, uh if he's uh, notices whenever he turns his air conditioner blower motor on, if it seems to have a little drag in that fan blower motor, uh, he may check his uh, fan blower motor rheostat. That uh, when a rheostat gets kind of old, it uh, uh, seems to uh, uh, not let the current flow through it like it should, and. That could be putting a drag on his air conditioner while he's driving and causing it to uh, override the uh, alternator amps and cause his battery to go down. You know, and that makes me think, too, of maybe his air compressor itself is um, trying to act up a little bit and putting a little drag on there. But um, with that being said, it's that, that you're talking about, that um, switch or it's part of the switch system is under the dash by the blower where the air is sucked up into your air system and and blown out it's where all the your different fan cycles all that comes from a little fan that's up under the dash on the passenger side and it's up under there with that so that's an easy easy replacement and that very well could be it so I, i like that suggestion yeah it's in there behind the glove box he just let the glove box down and he can get to it Nice. Thank yep. you, Arthur. We appreciate it. Man, we've got some great listeners, don't we, Allison? Oh, yes, we do. Let's take our last call and go to Lee, who's also from Memphis. We're big in Memphis today. Let's go. Uh, Lee, what's your comment or question? Yes, I would like to find out. I have four Duralast loaded strut assemblies that I purchased at AutoZone for my car. 60. It's a... Um, CRV, Honda, uh, SUV, 2009, and the shocks are just worn out, but the car's doing great. Uh, so uh, everywhere I take these shocks to try to get someone to put them on, they say, we can't guarantee our work. So I'll put them on, but if they don't put them on right or anything happens, they can't guarantee their work. So, and some people actually just refuse to put them on because they're aftermarket shocks. So um, any suggestions on what I might be able to do here? I'll give you a, a good suggestion, um, which is to find an independent shop where the mechanic owns the shop. I've never seen where an independent mechanic would turn down work like that. Um, they're usually happy to make and meet a new customer, and um, and if that means putting on parts that the customer brings to them, then they're happy to do that. I love it when customers bring me parts, and I don't have to go tracking it down for them. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, as long as it's the right part. 
so I, I don't see a problem with that. But something that might kind of help find an independent shop, and it's for everyone listening, is to take your oil change to an independent shop and do something as simple as an oil change where you establish a relationship with a small shop and it may take a little bit longer for your oil change you may have to wait for them to get a car down off the rack or something like that but it's so worth it because when you need something like this done or something more serious struts are simple but you may have something more serious then you have a, a really good relationship with a really good mechanic who's passionate about what they do or they wouldn't own a shop like that so that's what I suggest so not a shop that specifically deals in oil changes per se, but a shop that's more versatile with other things possibly, a mechanic who does everything, who maybe owns a shop and not like an independent oil change family-owned deal or something like that that only specializes in oil changes? Right. Yeah. Usually the ones that, that just have oil changes, they have guys there who aren't really mechanics. They're more like just oil change techs. And they don't usually do extra repair type stuff. Um, oil changes are so simple, you could show someone how to do it in, in a day and they'd have it. But all the other stuff takes uh, a lot of experience and time to learn it. And, you know, since they're not replacing those kind of things often, they don't train them for that. So that might be why they were turning you down. Oh, hey, hey, they- gals, we got to go. We got to go. That's going to wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Thank you, Jay White. Thank you, Java Chapman, for helping us out. Allison, man, I love your knowledge. Follow her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please join us next Thursday for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 